0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Episode 5 of the Press with Jordan Matthews. Another Zag, second in three weeks, and another good one. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Really appreciate those who have rated the podcast, left reviews as well. It's a huge help as I get this thing going and try and spread it to a larger audience. Can't tell you how much I enjoyed this interview with Jordan. I mean, he was was great. Spent the last year with Gonzaga after three years at Cal, now getting into the pre-draft workout as he tries to get on with an NBA team. He is one of the best interviews uh, of any athlete, really, that I've covered. And he was, like I said, really, really good when we caught up. A lot of athletes kind of give you a lot of the same stuff, but not Jordan. He's very candid. He'll tell you what's on his mind, has a very interesting perspective. He never really knew uh, what you'd get when you put a microphone in front of him. Great example of that is when he told us at a Gonzaga practice during the season that he was featured on an episode of Teletubbies with his dad. Back in the day, he was about three years old. You can find the clip on YouTube, and you should find it because it's amazing. Uh, we, we touched on that. We got into the pre-draft process, what these workouts are like. And you always hear about athletes getting asked bizarre questions. And he's got two great examples from one team he worked out with. Uh, it kind of boggles the mind. We look back on his year at Gonzaga and the huge shot he hit in the Sweet 16, biggest shot in Gonzaga history. His coach thinks so, so who am I to disagree? You hear a lot of times people refer to athletes as assassins, guys that hit big shots, ice in the veins, all of that. When when talking about the shot he hit against West Virginia and just kind of his general disposition as a shooter and as an athlete, like the assassin thing makes sense to a point where it's almost kind of weird, but he's just wired differently from most people. It was really fascinating to kind of get his perspective on that. I talked about his background, uh, the history of kind of having to prove himself, which he's doing again, and a very, very important argument at the end of this podcast In and Out or Five Guys. He is passionately on one side of the aisle. Hope you enjoy it. Episode 5 of The Press with Jordan Matthews. How's everything been? I take it this is kind of a hectic time for you.
1: Yeah, it's hectic because you don't really know when next workout is gonna be, and you just like you just leave on a day's notice. Like last week when I told you I was going to Toronto, I just found out like five minutes before that they were like, "Oh, you're going to Toronto on, my, on Monday." And then I come back to like, "Oh, you're going to Utah," and then. uh... They've given me a couple in a row now, so I know where I'm going. But um, it's been it's been different for sure.
0: How is that for you? Just staying alert and staying ready when, like like you said, a lot of times you have very little advance, and and this is obviously really really important.
1: All right. Um, I mean, I just try to stay. I just try to stay in the gym and like keep my body healthy. And just like you can't really make any long term plans. Like, if someone says, "Oh, let's do this." This weekend, you got to be like, and I'm going to And then, you know, you got to see how it goes. But I kind of like it. I get to just focus on basketball and keep moving and um, be productive, which is what I like to do.
0: Now, who all have you had workouts with so far? I worked out for Toronto, um, the Lakers, and the Pelicans. How have you felt about them so far?
1: I think I've done really well. Uh, I did really well in New Orleans. The Lakers, one, I did just okay. In the Toronto one, I did really well too. So I think they're going well. I mean, I'm, we're prepared. I mean, we work out every day. So what we're doing in our pre draft stuff gets you pretty ready.
0: How was it working for the Lakers? I mean, I'm sure they, they were your team growing up, right?
1: Uh, no. I mean, like, they were like, I, I like I liked watching them, but I didn't really. Mm, they were in the finals. I didn't like them. Let's put it that way. But it was like. It was cool. I mean, it was different than the other workouts, but um, it was all right. I mean, I love the Toronto workout, though. That was great.
0: So, who was your team growing up? Being from the, I guess you kind of split time between the Bay Area and the L.A. area. Who'd you root for?
1: Yeah, moved moved around. Uh, did I really even have a team? I didn't have a team. I liked players. I liked Graham Roy a lot. I liked Tracy McGrady a ton. Um. Tracy McGrady was, like, my favorite player. Hmm. Um, so the Magic a little bit when he was there. And I kind of liked the Lakers, but, you know, um, I actually like the Spurs a little bit when I was growing up, too. So hmm. I, I like managing Oakley a lot.
0: Yeah. I wonder, I always wonder what kind of the dynamic is, because it's usually about six guys, right? And so you have, you know, a few perimeter guys, a few posts, and you're all basically... Yeah, it's a job interview or an audition for all you guys at the same time and you're all in the same boat yeah. you're all trying to get their attention impress the teams how competitive is it amongst you guys I mean does it ever get get chippy I mean do you ever I mean d- does does that side of it come out or are you, you all so in, locked in, in on problem, kind of what you're doing
1: but yeah it's kind of like you have to just focus on what you're doing and do what you do well so I just try to do what I do best and uh, make sure that you know, I, I do my job, and uh, leave that to the other guys. And I'm comp- I want to win every drill, but you know, if, if you're with some guys who aren't going as hard as you, then it can be tough a little bit because you're not going to win every drill that way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah,
0: that, that, that's interesting. I I would imagine. I mean, how how long do they do you, these usually go?
1: Anywhere from anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half. Yeah, it can be anywhere from an hour to an hour and
0: a half. It just depends. I would just think uh, if, if you're going at a guard for an hour, an hour and a half, and you kind of know what's at stake, you, you'd you eventually get sick of seeing the other guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? In the workout.
1: Yeah, right. Um, but you don't be tired if you're kicking, if you're kicking his ass. So <laughs> that's what I try to do.
0: <laughs> I, you know, there was a lot of talk during the course of the Gonzaga season, especially once you guys had gotten deep in the tournament in the Final Four, about, uh, sacrifices that guys made and you're obviously one of them because you could have stuck around a cow and been you know a high team maybe a 20 point per game score you go to gonzaga and there's so many different weapons and you know you have to kind of pick your spots a little bit more are you having to kind of remind teams about what kind of player you are and and what you're capable of because maybe you couldn't show it to the same degree this past season at gonzaga yeah
1: i mean that. It's crazy you bring that up because a lot of teams at our pro day were like, "Oh, I didn't know he was that explosive. I didn't know he could score like that because um, they didn't see it at Gonzaga." Uh, but you know, I, I have, I'm always out to. I always have something to prove, so it's been one of those things where you know, tagging everybody. Um, it's not just like I'm spotting up. So I'm still showing teams what I can do, and I'm sure that I can really score the ball. That's definitely definitely my strength. I'm in my basketball IQ, so. Um, just making sure they know that um, is one of my biggest strengths.
0: Is that kind of the biggest thing you've, I mean, you, you kind of mentioned it, but going into the workouts, what's the one thing yeah, you've yeah, been you trying want, to get across?
1: Um, that, I, that I can knock down shots and that I can defend and make plays. Because, I mean, it's going to be like that when you're a pro. You're going to have to fulfill a role. Like, you know, like most likely you're going to be playing with a superstar on a good team. So you have to show them that you can fill a, fill a need that they have.
0: What are the interviews like? You, you hear a lot about those with the pre-draft stuff, especially in the NFL. Any any weird moments, any strange questions thrown your way when you get to sit down with these teams and, and NBA personnel?
1: Team psychologist in Toronto asked me some strange questions. And it was like, <laughs> it was one of those things where he was looking for a reaction, and I can't exactly remember what the question was, but it was like weird because I was like, what is, Like he wants me to say something, that's like going to expose something. It was like one of those things where if you were the, if you have said something back to him in a certain way, it would have exposed, like, something that you think about.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, he asked about, like, would you ever hit a woman or something like that? Mm. And then he's like, he, he's like, well, sometimes, like, they deserve it, right? Like, if they're like, like, in, like he tried to bait you into that. I was like, no, nah, never. Like, you never do that. It's like not something that's appropriate ever. And he's like, oh, okay. And I think one of that's one of those questions where, like, he asked it in a joking manner, but he was very serious. So, Could, I mean, a guy, like, would, like, if a guy has stuff, he'd be like, oh, sometimes. So.
0: And then they obviously have gathered the information that they're looking for with that question. Right.
1: They're like, okay, we got to check him off the list.
0: So was that an actual question?
1: Um, yes. That was, that was, like, one of the, one of the ones. Like, and it was about calling women names.
0: He uh, said, like, would you ever
1: call someone this or that? And I was like, no.
0: Wow.
1: He asked me, "How would you end racism in the United States?" That was the that was the most interesting one I got.
0: From from
1: Toronto. From, well, yeah.
0: Okay, Toronto. Uh Did yeah. you, did you ha- do you have an answer prepared for that one?
1: I said, Where? "I said, well, what are we talking about?" He said, "The United States." I said, "Oh, you can't hear that. That's not happening." <laughs> I was like, I was like that, "That's not happening. The sun's gonna rise, and yeah." I was like, it, that's... I got Like, it was one of those things where he could ask me that, and I could ask him, how do you stop the sun from rising? Oh, you can't. Mm. Okay, well, you're not going to stop the other one either, so.
0: <laughs> oh, man. So you didn't have a 10-point plan outline that you could go ahead and... and it...
1: Oh, no. I was like, oh, no. Good luck. That's what I told him.
0: Oh, man. That's... That is interesting. I got you know, they yeah. got to keep you on your toes, I guess. It's... uh I mean, there's no way for you to ever see this stuff coming. So how do you react to it in the moment? There's probably some element of how do you deal with pressure and uncomfortable situations and then trying to get at your character as well.
1: Right. Like, I like pressure. So it's uh, it's those things where it's like, okay, like, it's a good question. I'm just going to chill out and answer it. Like, it's not one of those things where I'm nervous or to think up an answer or have to calculate something in my head that sounds good to say what, what you feel
0: and mostly just try not to get yourself in trouble or, or answer, like you said, the, the question about how you treat women in such a way that could give them any inkling that... Indicator, that is, yeah, yeah.
1: Or inclination that you're, like, a nut job.
0: <laughs> Have you... Because
1: there are some of those out there. Like, they're, like, some guys are, like... Some guys would see if they answer the question and be, like, oh, yeah, like, totally.
0: Did you, did you figure stuff like this would come up?
1: Yeah, I kind of guessed. If you have to understand they're investing a
0: lot of money in us, so you, you might want it. It's probably good, they do their due, due diligence. <laughs> You've uh, I, I can't imagine there's ever been a year with this many guys from Gonzaga kind of going through the process at the same time. Uh, because right. Zach's going to be a lottery pick, uh, Nigel, uh, you know, maybe a second round guy, Shem's going through it, Jonathan Williams tested the waters. How much you guys? keeping in touch with one another. And even with stuff like this, like, hey, I heard you're going to Toronto. Be prepared um, we for talk, this.
1: We, talk, we t- I mean, I talked to Nigel. I talked to Shemek yesterday. Um, I talked to J3 um, a couple days ago about his whole process. And, um, yeah, I mean, you just talked to – we keep in contact. Our group tech as, a, as a team is still going on, in our group Snapchat. We definitely talk about it. I mean, j told me about the Toronto workout before I got there. Not that's him about the Brooklyn Workout. He so. didn't tip you
0: off. Jonathan didn't tip you off on being prepared to end racism?
1: No, because I think I asked him a different question.
0: <laughs> Who who's the best guy on the group chat? Who's the who's
1: like the funniest? Like who's got there? the funniest stuff
0: on the on the team?
1: Probably Ram.
0: Yeah, that's what I figured. Yeah,
1: Ram.
0: How how nice has it been uh, having some company through this process and, and just being able to kind of bounce things off other guys and know you're not going through it alone and, and to be able to have those conversations?
1: It is good. I mean, um, it's really nice. And, and outside of the Gonzaga family, um, the guys I'm working out with in my pre-draft, they're all doing the same stuff as me too. So um, we get to compare and we talk to each other about how each other are doing and workouts. And, um. It's not a. It's not that hard of a. I mean, from my perspective, it hasn't been that hard of a process. But it's just something that you have to go through. Everybody goes through it, you know.
0: You you've always seemed pretty steady. I mean, is is it hard not to? I mean, it sounds like you haven't had too much trouble with it. Just kind of overthinking this thing because you've been working towards it, you know, pretty much your whole life, and you know, you got this opportunity in front of you and and a few chances to kind of impress teams and and to get their attention. I I, I would think it's. Hard not to go into these workouts, you know, feeling on, on edge or whatever amount of, of nerves or anxiety about the process because of what's at stake.
1: All right. Well, I mean, if you go in tight and nervous, then you're obviously going to play tight and nervous. I go in there looking as like, listen, they, they want you here for a reason. So now it's your job to go out there and show them. Um, and if you prepared like we prepared, then, I mean, you shouldn't be nervous. I don't go in there and work out nervous because it's how we prepare for them.
0: I read uh, somewhere yesterday that I I think it's Phoenix. One of the tests is seeing how many times guys can get up and down the floor in three minutes. Like, what what's the most? Yeah, three minute run. Yeah, so you know about this. What's uh, what's the most physically taxing thing you've had to do?
1: In a in a pre-drive workout or like in my in one of my agency workouts. I guess either. The agency workouts we did this thing. One day, where you push the sled uh, sideline to sideline, there are two plates on the sled, and you push it um, four times sideline to sideline, and four times equals one rep. So you're mm-hmm. doing ten reps, and you push it forty times in like a twenty-minute span, in like a fifteen, and it, it killed me. I was like, uh, I was like, I almost, I almost died. But once you get through that, everything's easy.
0: Yeah, nothing the teams can really throw at you uh, could be a whole lot more difficult than that, I would imagine.
1: No. I'm like, oh, yeah, go ahead. Do your worst.
0: (laughs) I, of course, wanted to ask you about the year at Gonzaga. You know, a few months out now, I guess a couple months out. What do you think about when you think about just the the past year and what you guys were able to do?
1: Yeah, I think it was a great year. Um, Last game will always sting a little bit, but... uh, it was a great year. Um, just all the different parts of it, how uh, close that we were as a team, and just going as far as we did. I mean, first Gonzaga team to get to the Final Four.
0: Is it is it tough? All teams but one, and the season on a down note, right? And with some level of right. disappointment. How much does that linger when you think about what you guys did? And especially given how close you guys were with UNC.
1: Yeah, I think about it a lot. I think about that last game a ton. I, I had dreams about it a lot. And uh, what are those dreams like? They're just replays of the game because I can remember the whole game. I can remember the whole game. I can remember every one of our tournament games, like pretty much, pretty much the whole game. So it's like a replay. So it's like sometimes slow mo. So
0: you don't have alternate endings in these dreams.
1: No. Sometimes I wake. I, I wake up right before the end, mostly for the Carolina game. Um. Yeah, and that one still, like, shocks me a little bit, but I'll get over that. Uh, but, you know, to be so close to a national championship and to have it slip away, it didn't really settle in for me until, like, later, like, much later. And I left Spokane right after we got back. Like, I didn't want to be around because I was, like, upset. So um, it, it settled in a little bit later, like, when I moved back home and I was I really started thinking about it.
0: You're able to appreciate what you guys were were able to do. I mean, the the, the d- disappointment doesn't necessarily overshadow the, the satisfaction of what you guys accomplished. No,
1: I mean, come on. I mean, we went to the Final Four. I mean, some <laughs> players some players barely get to go to the tournament. Like my class at Cal, they never won a tournament game. But the guys that like and then to go to the Final Four, like I, we grew up watching that. Like it, it's one of those events you're always watching. And you're like, yo, know, like it'd be crazy to play in the Final Four. But we're there. <laughs>
0: So, and the champion, I mean, not just the Final Four, the title game. You played in the last game of the college the basketball game. season.
1: Put, and and that, was a, that was a strange feeling to have, too, knowing that no matter what, this is going to be the last game of the year.
0: Yeah. What, what do you guys, other guys on the team, either in conversation, in the I don't know how often it comes up in the, the group text, but what do you guys say about it amongst yourselves?
1: Um, that we had a great year. It was in the last minute of the title game. Like, there's so many other things that would take that I mean you're, you're a man of from an NCAA title so um, we definitely talk about it and how great of a season it was and all the different parts of the season like there was that beginning stage where we were trying to figure each other out um, being in Orlando and then going undefeated for that long period of time having to kind of reboot each other when we Kind of were like okay. We're, we, when we started getting on our high horse, we had to regroup and get into attack mode. And losing the BYU, and I think I think the BYU game helped us more than anybody really understands. Um, we got to re, we got to really see how uh, we were made of. I think that really helped us down the road.
0: So that's not just a dumb question that we ask you after games like that. That's real.
1: Oh yeah, I mean like people were always like, "How does it feel to end the season this way?" I'm like, "This is not over." Like it's like well we lost again. I mean like people were like thirty and 0. I guarantee people were happy with thirty seven and two, over thirty four and one, second round exit. Mm-hmm. You know. So I mean, Dwayne was like, "Hey, we lost. Okay, next."
0: Yeah, yeah. I I think you guys did a good job of making sure that memory didn't linger around too long. You know, I mean people yeah, I, people aren't really talking about when they when they look back in your season. I think it takes people a while to get around to that BYU loss. That's that's not front of mind.
1: Exactly. Like we kind of just kind of just all away. I mean, we put that we put that to death. We were like, okay, next, move on. Yeah, go, so Morgan. They beat us. They got us. I mean, but I guarantee they would they would trade that game. Well, they would love to have the season we had. I mean, it was like, and it was like, it was a strange feeling because, like, after we lost BYU, I was kind of like, all right, next. I mean. But people were crying in the stand. I'm like, no, oh, I mean, oh, like that's been great to have. At the same time, what does it really mean?
0: Yeah. What was your What was the biggest surprise about the experience as a whole? You know, coming from Cal, you get one year at Gonzaga, right. and and you have some idea of what to expect. But it's always different once you're in it. You know, when you got here, whether it's the environment, whether it's the town, just the the fanfare. Spotlight that's on you guys. What what was the biggest kind of shock to the system once you kind of got your boots on the ground, so to speak, and were in the process?
1: Good question. Probably the weather and the and the role adjustment. I mean, like the weather was so hard, and the food adjustment was tough too.
0: Well, you came during the worst uh, winter in. I I've been around for I'm, five years. Yeah.
1: And it was horrible. And it was like. Oh, man! I like, even thinking about it. I was like, "You yeah, know, I don't know if I can do this anymore and I was like, and but I mean it was it was tough because like you go to Cal, and the worst that happens is what sixty degrees, <laughs> maybe, yeah, so at Cal I mean it's sixty, and that's and that's your that's your flow I mean, and then I'm coming to Spokane, it's zero five zero, um blizzard and i'm just like oh god like i you have one year to make the most out of it and you're not used to this cold i mean you're not used to this snow and going to practice every day and it's freezing so
0: yeah and just kind of the the community you built at cal is all of a sudden not around and and you have a built-in community with the basketball team but um you know I, i would imagine there's some comfort in the familiarity you developed at cal that all of a sudden is gone and it's five degrees outside
1: Exactly. It's like, okay, I'm phone, it's cold. I don't have any food. But yeah. so, it helped me grow up a lot. I mean, I was kind of in a very comfortable spot at Cal and it helped me go out of my comfort zone and grow a little bit with, um, with a valuable experience.
0: You know that you are responsible for, you know, one of the biggest moments in program history. The, the, yeah, the, the, short, I, the short list of, like, the greatest shots, most important shots, biggest moments, you're there. You might, I mean, you. Yeah. A, as far as singular moments, you could make an argument for it being number one.
1: That's what Coach Hughes said. Coach Hughes said you hit the biggest shot in Gonzaga history.
0: Well, if Coach so Hughes like, said eh. it, then... And he was
1: it, like, yeah.
0: <laughs> so. He would know.
1: Yeah, and I was like, well, I, I, it, was, it was a pretty good shot. He's like, no, it was the shot.
0: There's no arguing that. I mean, West Virginia, yeah, you guys, it was a- you back and forth game, kind of a slugfest. You guys are trailing under two minutes, I want to say about a minute and a half left. Yeah. Uh, was it Perkins? Somebody got a block. Perkins got a block, right? I always forget that part. Yeah,
1: Daxter Miles, Miles missed two free throws that would have put him up four. Um, Nigel got the rebound, Javon Carter stole it, and then uh, Nathan Adrian went up for like a layup that was like like nine times out of ten, it's just a layup, and he's just going to make it, and Josh came out of nowhere and just blocked it, and then I, I saw that and just ran, and I was like, okay, if I get this, I got to shoot it, knock it down, so he hit me, it got tips. Somebody on West Virginia tipped it so it ended up at my ankle and I picked it up and I just shot it.
0: So you knew I mean you knew right away. That that's as soon as they as soon as Josh blocked the shot, you were out.
1: Oh, I was out. I saw Nigel get the ball and I saw him break that trap. I'm like, oh no, I gotta I gotta let this go. Like I gotta give us the lead. I don't wanna tie. And I wanna put them in a position where they have to tie or win the game on a three. Like, I don't want to be up one, and they go back up one. Yeah. So, he hit me on the wing. I'm like, I'm letting this go. I mean, there's no...
0: <laughs> Cause you were there's s- going
1: to be no Yeah. anything.
0: You were so far ahead of the play, it seemed like. What do you mean? In terms of, like, like where I was in terms of distance? Y- yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, you kind of, I was, like... I was at the first hash of the free throw line, mm-hmm. and I saw it all in slow-mo. Like, I saw Javon Carter come on, Nigel... And I like yelled at him. I was like, Nigel, And then he just took it, and I was like, "No way!" And I see Perk, like Josh, who can barely dunk, just like <laughs> jump way above Nathan Adrian and just block it. And I was like, "Oh, I'm out!" And I was like, "Okay." And those situations, I like those situations the most because it's very simple. You either make it or you miss it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Was Was there? I I'm trying to think. I I was along press row and i want to say my view was like blocked enough that i couldn't necessarily tell like who was in front of you i mean there was definitely there was a hand in your face but not yeah it was
1: uh it was the center
0: yeah uh um, yeah but you clearly had enough room and you knew as soon as you got the ball that it was going up i mean it wasn't a situation where you had to think about it too much like you knew the shot was going up
1: no i i got the ball and i said i'm shooting this. <laughs> Like it was like, I was like the Matthew Jean. Like my brother has that too. No, I'm shooting this ball. Like it's not like, maybe I'll shoot it. No, I'm shooting it.
0: <laughs> I I don't know if you can remember. Can you remember the feeling of actually seeing the ball go through the hoop? I mean, I can't imagine what's going through your head at that time. But but do you remember just whatever uh, elation or excitement when you hit that shot? And granted, you still got like a minute plus to play. Um, but just um, knowing it in the moment when I hit a shot like
1: that, I don't feel anything. I just feel like, I just feel like they knew that was gonna happen. Like I was like, yeah, like I, I was gonna make that. Like it's not like one of those things where it's like arrogant, but I knew that if my teammates needed a big shot, I was gonna knock it down. Like I'm good. I, I know I'm good for that.
0: That's why I want to say, few called you a cold killer after that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like I'm good for that, and then I'm I can do that like during runs too. Like I can push it from six to nine, or um, make it nine to twelve, or twelve to fifteen, and those hurt teams. Mm-hmm.
0: So the interesting yeah. thing about it, and I, I remember reading about it. I think that night or the next day, and I looked it up the other night. You hadn't taken a shot, a single shot, free throw, layup, anything, since like the fifteen fifty nine mark in the second half. Yeah and so yeah, i
1: hit those two threes in a row early
0: in the first yeah yeah, yeah yeah uh and so that's at least i want to say somebody said it was 40 minutes of real time so, yeah i mean so 40 minutes had gone by some of which you had spent on the bench it gets to be crunch so time few few put you into the game knowing that there could be a situation like that and i mean so you're you're cold in a sense you haven't you know, you haven't flicked your wrist in 40 minutes. But it didn't matter when you got right. that shot.
1: Right. Um, it didn't matter. I was like, if you can shoot, you can shoot. I wasn't cold. I was like, all right. Like, you, and he you kept on saying, like, oh, I need you to make a shot. I need to make it. I was like, Coach P, I got this. Like, we're good. So I was like, <laughs> I was like I'm going in. I'm, I'm going to do what I do. So I didn't think about that. I was so locked in defensively because – with a team like that, every possession is precious. So, I mean, even not taking a shot, I felt I was so engaged in the game that when the time came, it felt so natural. Because every possession, like, they're pressing, every, every free throw they're pressing, and you have to be ready.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know where that confidence comes that you have, but if you're able to bottle that and sell that, you would, you would be a rich man. Oh
1: yeah, if I was able to like instill it on people it's not be great. Not
0: everybody I, has I that. Like you, gotta, you 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 you're talking like this is just kind of a normal innate thing for you, but I don't think you realize like not everybody has that in them.
1: Right. And I used to not have it. I mean I don't have that confidence in terms of everything, but I kind of fake it until it comes naturally. <laughs> like I was like I, like there are times like I was I've been scared in games and then I'm like, no, like no, I'm gonna make this happen. Like it's like this is like I, I'm going to make it happen. Like it's not gonna be one of those things where, oh, I hope this goes well. No, no, I'm gonna make it go my way because you can make things go your way if, if you want them to. So, in moments like that, I have the utmost confidence. And if I miss, it's not shaking either. It's like, okay, i miss. next. W-
0: when did that? When did you develop that? Because you said you didn't always have that. When, what flipped the switch?
1: Um. I remember in fourth grade, I didn't take the shot. And it's not always about, about taking the shot. It's about when the opportunity comes, are you ready to take those shots? And I was in fourth grade, I was in, like, an Olympic club game, and I didn't take it, and I did something. I think I passed to someone else who wasn't ready and we lost the championship all because I passed. Oh, I wasn't ready to take the shot. After that, I was like, no, I'm ready. Like, there's no reason to be scared. And it's all based on the work you put in. So you put in the work, there should be no doubt or like if you're nervous, you can look at yourself because that means you're not prepared. Hmm. Like butterflies are natural. So
0: people tr- people seem to misconstrue butterflies for for the types of nerves that like make you scared. You know what I mean? Like the, they're, they're they're freaked out by the butterflies, but that's like a normal human like biological process. Uh, in, but in, I think people in, make in that bigger team, than it actually you're like, is. That's
1: normal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. Uh, fourth so I grade. Think I think that's that's being nervous. I, I I thought you were going to say a little bit later than fourth grade, but really since like elementary school, you had that cold killer inside of you where you didn't. I mean.
1: Oh yeah. Anytime it, anytime it arises, um, I don't I don't really feel anything. I think that's what it boils down to. Is that you really can't feel anything?
0: How often do you relive that shot?
1: I don't. My parents do. I watch it all the time. Um, I have an interesting video of it, though. It's a different angle. Someone took a live video of it, like, while it was happening. It wasn't, like, a replay or anything. It was while it was happening from, like, the angle of, like, the Jumbotron. So their they're, they're ca- their camera's on the Jumbotron, and they're watching the whole thing, and you can hear the crowd. And I don't really look that often, but sometimes I watch it. Sometimes, but my mom watches it all the time. My sisters watch it all the
0: time too. There's got to be a satisfaction in taking that shot and making that shot, though, because, like, like you said, you wouldn't be phased if it didn't go in. But if it didn't go in, there's a good chance you guys lose that game. And right, aside from right. that, you have that in the back of your mind. You have that positive experience where you did take the shot and things turned out really, really well. There's got to be, even though you, you to some extent, it seems like you want to downplay it. Like that's got to feel pretty good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But. At the same time, like I'm not sure what I'm supposed to feel. Like uh, the only real excitement I felt was when we made the Final Four, and when we made the National Championship game. Other than that, I didn't really feel like I—I I honestly didn't feel anything. Like I'm just like, okay, it is what it is.
0: The more I hear you talk about it, the more I realize how right Mark Few was about calling you a cold killer.
1: <laughs> yeah, things like that don't phase me. Like pressure situations. I enjoy them. Like, if I was like, uh, my mom always says, if I put you in the jungle when you were sleeping and you woke up, I think you'd be fine. Like, you wouldn't panic. And I don't... I used to panic a lot, but I don't anymore.
0: Yeah. What's what's, yeah. The, what's the life situation? What's the real-life jungle where maybe you do panic a little bit?
1: Anything happens to my brother or my... Um, anything happens to my brother or my sisters or a family member, like, I can't find them or something, then I may panic because I'll start thinking about, but like, basketball is entertainment, so those situations are, like, not life and death. Like, no one has a gun in his saying, you got to make this shot or I'll kill you. That's pressure. <laughs> like, there are grown men out there who, like, lost their job today and they got to find food for their family. That's pressure. Like, basketball, not pressure. So, yeah. anything to do with my family, I'd probably maybe panic a little bit.
0: How often do you watch the Teletubby clip? Oh, my God. I watch
1: that. Sometimes <laughs> I watch that more than the shot, actually.
0: You So you do watch that a lot.
1: Yeah, I kind of I gotta look it up sometimes. Um, people say it to me all the time. My mom watches it a lot, too, so I see it.
0: Do your friends give you a hard time about it? Yeah, it was all the
1: time. They call me Binky Winky and stuff <laughs> like that, so I'm like, oh, my God.
0: You guys gotta give me a break, like it was
1: one time. But
0: that video is um, amazing, though. I, you're you're lucky to have that. I mean, nobody has has something like that just you know in the archives as as a memory with with your dad and all that. I mean, that's pretty special.
1: Yeah, yeah. And the first time I realized that I did it, like I always knew I did something with TV, but I didn't know what it was. And I was in like fifth grade, and I watched TV. And I saw it, and I was like, "That's me." Like imagine turn on the TV and they're playing a replay of it, and you're like, "No way, wait, no, wait. That, that that has to be me. There's nobody else that would be."
0: Especially since you were too young to have. I mean, you have no. You said two and a half, three. You have no memory of it.
1: No, and so, I was like, "Oh, that kid's head is big enough to be me." So I was like, "Yeah, that's <laughs> definitely." Me
0: um well you brought that up during the season that was that was i think for us media members probably one of our favorite moments of the season because that again that something like that doesn't doesn't come off i think the, the first zag to be featured in teletubbies yeah you guys were
1: like oh sorry you're like are you serious i was like yeah you were, were like you were so no, nonchalant no about it like, you were, you were yes.
0: so you just kind of mentioned it offhand like like we knew about it or something we we're like hold up you're gonna have to explain this
1: yeah I was like, yeah, I was on Teletubbies. I was like trying to hold it, like it like blew over, and there was. I remember Lindsay Joy was like, "Wait, wait, you were on what?" I was like, (laughs) "Yeah, I was on Teletubbies. That was that was me."
0: Yeah, we had uh, everybody had some fun with that one. How was the uh, how was the basketball environment growing up? Because you mentioned your brother, your dad obviously was a coach. You know, he was at USF during that time, and and during like the first ten years of your life or so, and has always been in coaching. So, I mean, that's that's ingrained in you, you know, basketball in the, uh, you know, in your hands as a baby, I would imagine, like, h- how did that kind of impact the whole experience for you?
1: Um, it was great. I mean, we played a lot of sports growing up, though. It wasn't like we just played basketball. We played, I mean, you name a sport, we we tried it. I mean, it was like we played um, football, baseball, swimming, soccer. Um, my brother was really good at soccer because he was so big, hmm. but um, we play all the sports and then when we decided to stick with basketball, we just kind of locked into that and, um, listened to our dad and, um, it was a lot of fun, but our competitive nature doesn't come from our dad, it comes from our moms. Um, she's super competitive. So I would say my dad's a competitor and he's competitive, but Jonah and I are kind of at the point where it's like, like we don't, like we don't compete over things that don't matter. Mm. But some people are obsessive to the point where they need to win everything. Like I'll try and win. But if it doesn't matter, then I don't. I'm not going to compete with you just for the sake of it. Yeah. And uh, but we're both very competitive, and it was great growing up uh, playing with him. And we actually haven't played together or even worked out together in a very long time.
0: What role did you? I mean, your dad obviously played a really significant role from a basketball standpoint, given his background, uh, being that he's not the super competitive type how how did that work with him and him still kind of pushing you guys and helping you get better but he's not this kind of insanely you know on edge you know competitive type of guy right. i got a chance to meet him during the tournament and he was as nice and as laid back and accommodating and friendly as can be but I, I could see that in you saying that like he didn't he didn't strike me as the type that you know rides the highs and lows too much
1: right he's uh He's really calm, cool, and collected all the time and he like just told us to play hard. He kinda tells us that you put the work in and there are certain things you can control and that's what you worry about and there are things you can't control and you should never waste your energy worrying about things you can't control. Okay. I, I can't believe it or not, I have no control if the shot goes in. And that's like that makes a lot easier to shoot. Um, like if, if you do what you're supposed to do at the time and you shoot and it doesn't go in, it just doesn't go in. It's not one thing where Oh, uh, why won't the ball go in? No, the ball isn't mad at you. I like, just missing.
0: I've never thought about it that way. I always kind of figured basketball players had some effect on whether or not the ball goes in the hoop.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, all your mechanics, you follow through, you land straight up and down. Yeah. Um, you get arc on the ball, and it should go in, but it's not going through every time.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: So when it does it, you can't be mad at yourself.
0: How competitive was your, I mean, growing up in the, I guess by the time you were in the thick of, you know, your basketball career, middle school, high school, you're in the LA area, right?
1: Um, I didn't get to LA area until like high school, yeah.
0: So what was that environment like with high school, AAU, pickup games? I mean, you hear about so much talent coming from that area.
1: Yeah, they're very competitive. Um, a lot of great players in my class in the area. Um. I didn't go to the traditional powerhouse basketball school, but we were very good, and uh, I enjoyed it. I mean, just getting to go at it against a good player like Parker Cartwright. We played with each other and against each other all the time. Um, going up against him and one of his teammates who actually, like, we had a big high school rivalry. Like, he was defending me all the time. His name was uh, Entume Armor, and we ended up being roommates at Cal, like, completely random. Hmm. And I hated this kid in high school. Like I was like, I hate him. He's my roommate, so it was a great experience to play against a good players. Even the guys who didn't get a lot of notoriety, they're good. Like, yeah. Some of the guys you hear about in LA are like, oh, he's, no, he's he's pretty good.
0: How? Uh, what kind, What kind of AAU experience did you have?
1: Uh, I played with Dream Vision my junior year, which was a like, Good experience, but my I, my, my, I played with juniors in my sophomore year. My junior year, I started playing with Cal Supreme, and that was when everything kind of took off. Um, we went seventeen and zero in the UIDL to start, seventeen and one to start. No, no, seventeen and three was our finish, mm-hmm. and uh, that was when Marcus Lee, he was blowing up. I blew up. That's just be on his team.
0: Yeah, it's, you hear of a lot of guys. that I mean, you've got like the main guy on an AAU team, main one or two guys. But if you're playing with those guys, there's so many eyes on them that inevitably you're going to get exposure. When I talked to Kyle Wiltshire, he said it was kind of the same thing. He was playing on a really good team, had a stretch of really good games, and all of a sudden people were coming to talk to him and coming to watch him play.
1: Right. Yeah, just as a result. I mean, you're playing on a good team with... You play the part of Cartwrights you're going to get shot. I mean, that was my job to make shots. So um, I had a stretch of really good games, and that just, like, put me over the top. And I thought, I had a fear I was never going to get recruited, but that fell by the wayside pretty quick.
0: When was that?
1: Uh, That was April of 2012.
0: So that's getting pretty close to the end of your high school career.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm going. I'm going into my senior year. And I'm like, am I going to play Division One? And then everybody starts calling, and that was figured out. Um, which is how I'm kind of approaching this process, because I've always felt that I haven't gotten the notoriety that other guys have, which is fine. But I always get there. I mean, I can always get there.
0: What's been the toughest? experience along the way like when when was the period where maybe you had to deal with some level of self-doubt and you had to kind of pick yourself yeah. up like, like what was the lowest i mean you've had some highs obviously we've talked about that oh in like, high
1: school i mean my dad was at ucla recruiting guys that i know i'm better than i know i'm better than them and the school he's at isn't recruiting you and no one is and you're just like well maybe i'm not as good as i think i am but you just keep pushing and you hope for a breakthrough. Maybe you just keep your head to the grindstone. That was the lowest point, I think. I actually needed to, like, I had to consider quitting. I was like, I don't know if I can do this anymore because I've tried so hard. And to to be passed up like that was, like, a very, very tough uh, thing for me to go through.
0: But was- it made me
1: stronger, I think.
0: What was your relationship with your dad like during that time? Did 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 it suffer from any of the 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 disappointment? I mean, did you feel the tension there knowing like you just said, like his program, a big one in your own backyard, isn't looking at you and you're his son? I mean, did that did that creep right. in at all into your house, I guess?
1: No. No, because I I knew what I was capable of, even with the self-doubt, like it would keep me up at night sometimes. But with him, it was always fine. Like he, he kind of thought I was better than some of the guys he had recruited too. But even even when I went to Cal, everybody thought it was like fine. Once Cal recruited me, but they were planning on registering me, and I was like, no. So I know I can always prove people wrong. It's just a matter of do I get tired of it? Yes, sometimes.
0: You doing all right with it now, though?
1: Uh, Now is a little bit different. Like okay, like. Now I'm older, so it's like, okay, it is what it is. Hey, like, nobody can, I don't need people's approval. Like, there are a lot of people out there who deal with basketball who know nothing about the game. So I don't need to make sure that they know I can play. I know I can play.
0: Who was the team that got, like, what was the first call you got or the first conversation you had with the coach in high school that made you think, okay, here we go? Like, they're finally coming around. Was it Cal?
1: Tom Clean from Indiana called me. Hmm. And then two minutes later, um, Coach cell from Kansas called, and I was like, "Yeah, I, I knew I can play."
0: Th- those are two pretty good calls to get to to kind of yeah. Uh, I was
1: like, <laughs> first two calls
0: break the seal. Yeah. How close and were then, you to uh, going anywhere other than Cal?
1: I was really close to going to USC. Really close, um, but they weren't very good at all. I just like Cal. I like being up there. I like I like the area. I like the school. I thought I could really fit in there.
0: And
1: it just felt right when I went.
0: Yeah. You with with your whole college career now in the books, pretty happy with how all of it played out, the Cal and Gonzaga experience?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, all of it. I mean I scored seventeen hundred I scored
0: eighteen hundred points, I think, my college career. Hmm. Eighteen hundred?
1: Yeah, and I had some games that like I'll always remember. And I had a great time. I kind of wish we would have made the tournament more at Cal. Like my freshman year, we should have made it, but the experiences were unbelievable. And like, okay, so maybe we didn't make the tournament my first, my first year a Cal, but to go to Final Four, you're seeing it here. like, okay, I'll take that.
0: <laughs> kind of makes it all worth it.
1: Yeah, I was like, okay, this
0: is fine. <laughs> uh, in and out are five guys. In and out. You are <laughs> obligated. You're obligated to say that as a California slash Southern California guy.
1: This is, is not. This is not. Yeah, this is not a discussion. People are like, oh, in and out of five. Guys. It's one of those things, like you know, like the person of the fake news campaign. It's one of those things that are like, this is not real. Like, like, in and out of five guys. No, there's a study. The, there's
0: the study that's out that put five guys number one. It is real. Which study? I don't. I forget who it is. It was in some magazine on some. It was. It was real though, Jordan. <laughs>
1: They probably polled four people from the New Jersey area and asked them. Yeah, okay, I'll take Five Guys. Oh God,
0: it's good, but even you could admit the fries are no good.
1: They're, they're no good. They are. They are.
0: That takes away from the overall experience because Five Guys fries are great, and the burger, if it's not as good exactly. as in out, it's really, really close.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I will give you that credit, but we'll put over the top of the drink quality.
0: <laughs> okay. Continue.
1: The milkshakes in and out, you know, you, you, you can't beat those. <laughs> like, the Neapolitan, it, just, it, it all comes together very, very nicely.
0: Yeah, the Neapolitan...
1: Now, the fries in and out. They need some work. They need some work. But they can be improved.
0: The Neapolitan shake <laughs> the Neapolitan shake off the secret menu is a strong move. I've done that. It's, it's even better, better than you would imagine.
1: Oh, it's, it's high level.
0: It just seems irresponsible to me for a company with a profile of In-N-Out to allow one of their premier products, the French fries, to suffer the way they do.
1: Right. Whoever said a fry marketing or just fry management <laughs> needs to be fired immediately. Like, like Don, you got to go. Like you, because the, the fries have been lacking for some time now. Like, I remember the switch. Too. It was around like 2013. I was like, hey, man, what's up with the Hey, They probably had a switch in management. They got to go back to what
0: works. So, they used to be better
1: oh, it used to be uh, that's what made n out in and out was like unstoppable like you couldn't find a a hole in that in that in that meal, but now the fries are the weak link
0: see, I didn't know you know I'm a philly guy, and i I hadn't had in n out until I think around two thousand and thirteen. It's funny now that you mentioned that, so that was my first experience, so that's all I know i didn't you know I didn't grow up around it, so I had no idea about that, right. I mean, if you, if, I have to take into account, if if they have high level fries, you're right. Like, there's no discussion because that's the there's one no knock everybody has on In and Out, and that's that's why a chain like Five Guys, which I love, which is really really good, regardless. But that's why it's easy for people to be like, "No, nah, it's Five Guys because their fries are way better." Exactly. Did you ever have Delish when you were in Spokane?
1: Yeah, Delish was pretty fire too.
0: See, I. If if you put a Delish and an In and Out right next to each other, and it's one o'clock no, no, in the no, afternoon, no, 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 and no, 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 I'm kind no, of hungry, going it. I'm going Delish.
1: it's called over. Yeah, now you're just insulting me. You can't. So Delish is good, but Delish is like like and, and I respect your opinion. Delish is good, but Delish is not In and Out. That's like saying okay. Uh, <laughs> uh whew, let me give me, me get two players. Hmm. <laughs> It's like it's like an all star and like a pretty good player. Oh, yeah, he's pretty good. He's a good NBA player. Oh, you put him in an all star together, you almost can't tell the difference. No, you can tell the difference.
0: It's like like Kevin Durant and Gordon Hayward. Like, Gordon Hayward's really good.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Gordon Hayward can ball now. Like, there's no doubt. Gordon Hayward's a big time player. Yeah, you put like Kevin Durant and it's almost no different. Now, now, pump the brakes on that.
0: <laughs> I don't know, man. Because, okay, we're going back to the fries. Delicious fries are obviously better. And again, if there is a... how
1: much do the fries matter, though?
0: Oh, to me? Fries are huge. I I mean, are you ever going... not
1: a fry guy.
0: Are you ever going to a burger place and not getting fries? Well,
1: it's funny you ask. Me and my brother have been weaned off fries.
0: No, see, you got to worry about your diet. But putting that aside, okay? You're not working out for NBA teams right now, and you stop by In-N-Out. You're not not getting fries.
1: Right, you're getting fries. It's part of the meal. He's just like, it's a month, I got to get them.
0: And Delish, their shake game is strong. You get like a Huckleberry milkshake or something like that. See, right, they, right. They're, they're more well-rounded than Five Guys in that sense. Five Guys doesn't have the shakes and whatnot. So, I, like I said, if I'm, if I'm stopping for lunch and one side of the street there's a Delish and the other there's an in and out I think I'm making that right-hand turn to Delish.
1: you making it right? Okay. I respect that. I can respect it.
0: What's the thing you're missing the most right now? Diet-wise. Oh, and still can? Well, no, no. Now that I'm I'm guessing you're probably having to be more cognizant of what you're putting in your body than ever before. So, like you said, you're not allowed to eat French fries anymore. What's what's the thing you're missing right now more than anything that you can't eat?
1: Cinnamon rolls. <laughs> Cinnamon rolls. It's not close.
0: How often, did you, how often did you eat cinnamon rolls? I mean, I love cinnamon rolls, but that's like, I might get one like once every month or two.
1: Right, but I like, um, like, I, I'm not having them at all. Like, you know, when I get a craving for one, I'm just like, I, I just need one. But, uh, like, no, no, I can't even have that. So, I miss those a lot. Cinnamon rolls are, like, the big thing for me.
0: What are you having to eat now that's taking some getting used to? Hmm. I love
1: vegetables. That's not hard. I cut red meat out pretty much. Oh, really? That, that, that's been a big adjustment. That and the definitely. thing is, I don't know if I can go back, though. Like, I don't like the taste. I used to love lamb chops. My mom makes them. I can't eat them anymore. Really? Yeah, I, I don't like the taste.
0: I need an honest answer out of you on this. When, okay. we, when we played horse, how worried were you during that second game I think I got you down to the last letter.
1: Yeah, but you know I'm a killer though.
0: Uh, I know that now, but I, I didn't I didn't know that at the time cuz the first game we played zag so it was the AGS. The first game you beat me right. on four shots. And four right. very very makeable shots. I mean that was a bad. That was a bad showing yeah, by you, me. Yeah, you just missed them. I was I was shook, man. Okay? I don't have the cold killer inside of me. I think it's my fault whenever I miss a shot, so I got out of my game. Right. But the second game, you allowed me to get into a bit of a rhythm. And I think we were both at ZAG. You had to be a little bit worried when I'm one shot away. Because you said you had never lost to I'm somebody. It a, wasn't going to happen that day.
1: I'm going to keep wondering with you. I felt nothing. <laughs> I felt nothing. That one iota of nervousness or doubt crossed my mind. I was like, nah. Like, like, I'm, I'm, I felt nothing. Because look, if I have a, I'd be like, oh, okay, I lost. But but I but I'm like, okay, like now now that you give me the opportunity to win, I'm gonna win. It's not like oh I don't feel nervous. I don't feel like no, I didn't feel nervous. You Nothing.
0: Didn't, you didn't feel sympathy for me when I made a fool out of myself the first game?
1: Oh no. <laughs> That's on you. What am I supposed to do about that?
0: <laughs> like I embarrassed I embarrass this man on his own T V station.
1: Yeah, like I was like well, I, and I think to myself I think to myself, well, what would my sympathy give you?
0: Uh nothing. What I needed at that point was letters, and I wasn't getting any, but I did get right. some in the second game, so I felt I felt much better about myself. That corner three, man, exactly. that was that was a makeable shot, but I clanked the corner it three and that make-able. was it. You had those those long range shots like from the, the Kennel logo, and I don't Yeah. I watched Steph shoot. I watched like shoot, I watched like Lamello ball shoot, and I think he's kind of got a two hand push shot, so that might have something to do with it. I don't understand. Steph's a good comparison because like he and I are probably roughly the same height. He's like six three. He's obviously stronger than I am, but he's still kind of a slight guy. I don't understand how guys like yourself and guys like him shoot from that distance with so much ease. Cause it's like it's everything I got just to shoot like a normal three pointer, much less like an NBA okay, range three pointer. You know what it
1: is? Honestly, you can't think about it. Like your body knows how far it is and what it needs to get there. You just need to stop talking to yourself about how I get it there. Like, well, how far do I shoot it? You just got to shoot it because your no. body knows already what it needs to do to get there.
0: No, my body can't just get stronger. If I'm shooting from, like, you shot some from, like, the half court logo, like, inside half court, but from the logo. I, like, I don't, I just don't have, like, there's some level of, like, science and muscle and strength that goes into it that I just okay. I don't have. But I look at guys like, I mean, you're, again, you, Steph, you're stronger than me. There's no question about it. But I feel like I still should be able to get deeper than I can. And I watch you guys shoot. Like, I watch you hit that one when we were playing horse from the Kennel logo. I'm like, how? It didn't look like, it looked like you were shooting a free throw.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I just do what I just told you. And I, I guess that doesn't have to do with weights and stuff like that and strength. The shots when I shoot, I'm just like, oh, shot. Because, <laughs> like, your body knows how far it is and how far I need to shoot it. That's all you worry about.
0: Man, oh, I got a so. I got a I got a lot of time to spend in the weight room apparently.
1: Yes, you do.
0: Hey, well, I appreciate it, Jordan. Good luck with everything. Of
1: yeah, thanks for having me.